Hi, and welcome to Global Impact, a podcast designed to help you find the freedom to accomplish more with your life, increase the productivity of your team, and make a difference in the lives of people around the world. I'm your host, J.W. Oliver, and I thank you for joining us. Hi, this is J.W. Oliver with Global Impact, and uh, man, we're super excited to have Dr. Ron on, and uh, just a little bit about Dr. Ron. He's an MD. He has a unique view in practicing medicine. He comes from a family of Chinese medical doctors who focus on natural healing and using food as medicine. A combination of Eastern and Western approaches and what makes Dr. Ron unique is in his approach to wellness and health. Hi, Dr. Ron. How are you? Pretty good. How are you doing this morning? Man, it's great. Uh, thanks for taking the time. It's Saturday morning. Uh, I know you've been super busy. Uh, had a long uh, webinar yesterday and um, you mentioned one prior and uh, lots going on in the, the medical world with this current situation we're in. But you know what What strikes me and, and I know Dr. Ron, we, we got introduced from a, a, a mutual friend there in Houston and Dr. Ron began using some of our services through our supportdoctors.com, uh, supportdrs.com, and, and he's using some of our uh, insourcing people that we have. And so we, we got to know each other from, from there, and that was kind of peripheral. And then once all this happened, I started following you on your some of your webinars that you're doing and some of the things you're putting out. And wow, you are just like right up my alley because I, I used to always love to go to my, my former doctor who passed away a few years ago who was a do and you know they, they practice on treating the whole body as, as my limited understanding and then when i need read about what you do it's just just amazing so tell us a little bit about what you do there in houston and and what your focus is as well yeah so um i started the texas center for lifestyle medicine in the middle of uh july of 2017 um and then it was all flipped upside down just two weeks ago uh, when we established a national emergency for the COVID-19. And so, um, and speaking from a business owner, um, whenever you uh, are forced uh, to change things up uh, into your business, uh, it becomes a little bit hectic. I'm sure everyone can understand and relate to that. And so, um, but the fortunate part is, um, you know, my one of my favorite things uh, to talk about is if you're able to establish a wonderful company culture, uh, communication uh, mechanisms, uh, automation, um, and get the team involved. And even if the team is offsite, which by the way, most of my team is offsite virtual now. And so um, and so that allows a, a really good flow to, to occur. And uh, whenever you pivot, yes, it's still stressful, but you gotta make sure that everyone's on the same page. And um, you also have to keep the goal in mind. And for us, it's just taking care of patients, uh, making sure that their voices are heard and their concerns are heard. And, be, and right now, there's a lot of it. Yeah, I, I recently, well, yesterday, I was on a podcast with a with a, a, a dentist, and we were talking about now is obviously a, a, a really opportune time to communicate and over communicate with your patients and, and keep them updated, keep them informed, and, and help them where you're at. And I know that's something. That, that you really focus on with your your business is to keep them uh, super informed and in a digital way. Is that is that correct? Um, it has to be now, right? And I think um, we're in the digital world, 
and the definition of medicine uh, has changed even for dentistry because teledentistry I think it should have been done years ago um, but uh, <clears throat> so for for medicine in particular you know doctors <laughs> we go to medical school we go through training all the stuff like that and uh, what people forget is that the word doctor comes from a Latin word, which is docera, which means to teach, one who teaches. And so, um, you know, this that's why how that's how I came up with my online university called TCLM University, Texas Center for Lifestyle Medicine. That's what TCLM stands for. And in TCLM University um, is where all the voices of me and my providers and my staff, and my health coaches, is where all, all our voices are. It's held in that university. And so I, I think that the new age of medicine is the digital platform and digital education platform um, because everyone just wants to feel safe. If you think about it, <clears throat> if you think about it, the business of medicine is to keep everyone uh, safe, have that sensation of safety, right? And then it, we've gone away from that. We, we've gone into the world of a lot of pharmaceutical drugs, a lot of you know waiting in the waiting rooms, cough, I want my, you know, XYZ medicines. That's not safety. <laughs> that's um, that's that's Band-Aid medicine, right? And so when COVID-19 hit, COVID-19 is the epitome of the stressor onto the medical system, medical, dental, and pretty much the global economy, right? And so, <clears throat> um, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate because I'm, I'm armed with uh, some education and, and right before COVID-19 hit, I was actually in, in, in Florida at a Tony Robbins event called Business Mastery. And we were just talking about this. Hey, uh, he, he always says, you know, winter is coming and you have to be able to pivot and know how you're going to pivot before winter actually hits. So I actually been working, I've been, two weeks prior to that, I've been working on uh, potential uh, disasters or anything like that. Basically scenarios A, B, C, and D. Um, and then, uh, and then seeing what that looks like. And when COVID-19 hit, I just uh, executed one of the scenarios and then got my team together. Hey, what, what else can I do? What's plan A, what's plan B, what's plan C? Um, and so I think that's where uh, medicine and dental, and that's where a lot of business are going. It's like, you know, you, know, you, can, you can always look to the business that you're in and if it's not working, you need to figure out what business you need to be in. And for us, that's digital education. And uh, that's that's one of the two things that came out of it. The other thing that came out of it is uh, preventative medicine, and um, I'm def I'm defining an entire new field um, called emergency prevention. So you heard of preventative medicine? It's not a real sexy term, right? It's like uh, it's like you know um, you make sure you don't want to have diabetes or hypertension and stuff like that. And it's, those are relatively boring topics, but it's the truth, right? Um, here's what's sexy right now, and I say sexy, I mean it's very, um, it's, it's on people's mind. Emergency prevention is uh, preventing a disastrous outcome that's far more accelerated than you might think, and that's what COVID-19 is, right? And so I started uh, with this concept, and I got a buddy of mine, Daryl uh, Hill, he's a U.S. Marine and a digital marketer, and we came up with this system called EDM, um, Early Detection Monitoring. So the system is basically, let's say, you know, you have a loved one, uh, your mom, your dad, whoever it is, right? And maybe they, um, they're elderly, you're, you're, you're afraid of what's going on, and, and then you're also socially isolated, isolated at this time, right? 
and your parents are living by themselves, you're over here, um, you call them, make sure everything's okay, but what if they get sick, right? Right. And if they get sick, they go to the hospital, which is exactly what's happening right now in COVID-19. Well, I'm in the business of, of safety and education. What that means is that we need to be able to see someone when they're healthy, okay? And then as they get sick right here, when they get sick, we need to catch them right at this phase right here. We don't need to catch them right here. If they're right here, they're in the hospital, right? That's what preventative medicine is, right? Well, emergency prevention in COVID-19 is basically, let's see what we can do to catch this person as they're going sick before they actually get sick, which is a novel concept. Right, <laughs> then, yeah. But it's really easy. So I called my uh, my ER friends, which I have a lot of uh, ER doctors um, <clears throat> that are my friends from all across the country. California, always in New York to Florida. And I'm like, okay guys, what are you really seeing in the ER? And there's a lot of just horror stories. You know, people are in the emergency bay, in, in the cars and the oxygen level's going down. There's no room in the ER. So the doctors have to come out to the emergency bay to treat them, lined up all the way around the corner. I mean, this is New York. This is my, the hospital I trained in. Uh, New York Presbyterian Queens uh, in, in New York and down the street with Elmhurst Hospital that's the one that you saw on the internet with the 18-wheeler uh, bays and they have the bodies lined in there wow. and so um, so that's uh, you know we've never seen anything like that before as so I asked them hey what is the best thing that we can do well the best thing that we can do is to figure out if someone is decompensating decompensating means that as they're getting sick and try to get them on the early stage and to do that uh, you need two things. You need to know their oxygen levels, what they're doing. You need to know uh, their heart rate variability, HRV, which is how high the heart rate is going up and down, beat to beat. These two things are the early indications of someone getting seriously sick uh, in the case of all infections, but- uh, Not just COVID the COVID-19, but, but really anything, correct? Uh, pretty much all uh, infections that can be disastrous. And so we want to be able to get people right here in the earlier stages, right? This is why we coined the term early detection monitor, right? EDM. So how do you do that? Well, to do that, um, these people need oxygen sensing devices called pulse oximeters. And so these are things that we've rolled out a year before in chronic disease, people with lung disease, um, people with, you know, uh, asthma and stuff like that. And so we can cast them early on as they're doing these readings. They synchronize with their phone, which goes into our cloud. And we have everyone on the computers like, hey, there's this changes here. We need, attack. we need to reach out to this patient, right? And so we've been doing this for a year. And so um, but with, <clears throat> with COVID-19, the problem is all the pulse oximeters are being bought up. And because um, everyone wants them, because everyone knows the value of what they are. But the problem is, even if they know their numbers, the public doesn't know what to do with the numbers. So we created the EDMMD model, is basically like the Uber, right? So if you have uh, devices that monitor your your, uh, your oxygen, then we can match you up with a doctor that can literally monitor you for that, okay? And so we designed this entire system of, uh, of monitoring uh, so uh, people who have already have devices can be monitored and a lot of people do a, a lot of lung issues and if you don't uh, we want to be able to provide you with these oximeter machines 
So EDMMD, so if you go to ED, um, EDMMD.com, uh, don't put the www.com, just put the EDMMD.com, uh, that's what it's uh, all about. And so, um, so if we are able to very quickly get a lot of doctors on board and then give them the actual data from on the patient side for oxygen saturations and heart rate and stuff like that, and then uh, if our system can actually flag those people who have drops in oxygen, right? The doctors or their staff can reach out to them and say, hey, what's going on? Let's get you on a telemedicine call in about an hour. Perfect, all right, here it is. Hey doc, uh, I heard them oxygen drop. I don't feel really good, uh, what should I do? So this is called emergency prevention. Does that make hmm. sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're doing this through, uh, we talked a little bit about this before. This is through a phone app, is that right? An app that's, that's been right. created that, that then syncs. So your oxygen monitor syncing with your phone, which is then get pushing that information to your monitoring system. That's correct. Now, we're in a time of emergency crisis to get a lot of these monitors that synchronize with your phone. One, is costly, and two, may not be necessary because people can look at their numbers and type it in, too. I mean, it's, it's very easy, right? And so uh, I, in the ideal situation, yeah, we want these Bluetooth monitors to synchronize. Um, but uh, in the reality of the situation. So literally, so I was supposed to be climbing Mount Everest this last week or ba oh, base camp. You have one. <laughs> I mean, so you're, you're just even saying, I, I bought one of these a, a month or so ago to do a, a climb. So something as simple as this, you could measure it and then input That's your information. It. So okay. put that on your finger right now, real quick. Okay. All right. I want to show you something. And um, there's multiple apps that do this. This is one of them, okay? I'm going to show you something. So um, if you turn it on, uh, what is your, uh, whenever it turns on, tell me what your oxygen saturation is. Should be 90 uh, 98. Show me on the screen. 98%, your heart rate of 55. And then so what happens is that it can potentially come onto the screen where this oxygen saturation is. Uh, if it's not there, you could just put add and then you could just type it in yourself, right? And right. so um, what it does is it synchronizes immediately with our cloud and we can see, oh, here it is, right? So we see you're, hey, you're usually at 98, 99, you go to 97, 96, 95, 94, 93. Now we're in trouble. If you're, if you're usually at 99 and you're at 93 and you don't feel very good, that's a big deal. That's a huge right. deal in COVID-19. And so, 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 uh, so, help me understand this. So, through the EDMD, you're able to put this information in. It uploads your monitoring. So, even I mean, my mother's 84 years old, as an example, and she's in good health. But if if she was monitoring her her outputs and could could upload this, and if she was feeling bad, rather than having to go directly to the emergency room, and 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 obviously, <laughs> that's not a place you want to be right now, right? No, uh, it's not. not me or my mother or a 10 year old, uh, you could actually then do some diagnosis like we're doing here through some telemedicine. Right, exactly. So let's say you give the monitor to your mom, right? And then uh, she's putting it in or you're helping her put in some numbers here, right? And then, uh, uh, and then if something were to be wrong, uh, you can message uh, uh, somebody on our team. And you, you, I assume your mother has Medicare, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, Medicare uh, reimburses for most of this for the doctors. So it's not, usually it's either 20% out of pocket or nothing out of pocket right now, actually, due to the national crisis. And so um, just for the monitoring platform. 
And so, um, uh, and so what happens is um, if, that's, uh, if that's the case, then the doctor will, will see this and say, hey, your oxygen level started to drop. Let's see how you're doing. And guess what? If the doctor says, hey, you know what? I think you're okay right now. Why don't you check with me tomorrow at 9 a.m.? Okay? Right. All right. And then, uh, and, then, and then tomorrow the oxygen level goes up. Good. If it goes down again, the doctor can, can take action. So what happens is that your follow-up visits can be frequent, all right? Because she does not have to drive to the doctor's office. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. You, you understand now? And so, and so this is a huge implication for healthcare because if you're able to get more frequent visit earlier on with an education, how powerful is that to your mom? Oh, Dr. Ron, I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking, forget about COVID-19, uh, even prior to that, you know, I'm, I'm 100 miles from where my mother's at, although we have some uh, other siblings there, rather than her feeling bad and jumping up and going to the doctor where she's exposed to other people or emergency room or her physician, yeah, she could get real-time monitoring. And, and I'm assuming, wow, just, just talking about dovetailing into today's environment, you've got doctors who, like yourself, could be at home, could be spending the day uh, monitoring patients or having these these telephone calls with patients or Zoom calls or a phone call, whichever it may be, uh, to, to be able to do some real-time diagnosis as well. It gets better than that. Let me tell you why. What if you want to be with your mom on that call with the doctor? Well, you can still be 100 <laughs> miles away. <laughs> wow. wow. Right? And now we have a video conference going on. What if you and your sibling wants to? Perfect. We can do so. Awesome. You know? Wow. And this is, this is truly a healthcare and education, right? And what if, let's say, um, uh, you know, uh, this Monday, we're the, one of the first, if not the first, but one of the first uh, people in the United States to do uh, antibody testing to see if you're immune to COVID-19. Um, and so, um, so what, since we got so many results back today, this morning I, I got results back uh, from the first group of patients. Um, what I did is I created uh, uh, an entire educational video on what this really means, and we'll be sending it out to patients today, so uh, so they know they don't have to wait for their to speak with their doctors for the result. Well, here's what the results mean. And so I got on a whiteboard and I uh, and I did this whole entire thing uh, about what the results actually mean and the recommendations. If you CC link, and I created almost like an online course for your results. And so, um, and, you know, um, I did this, by the way, because um, when people were coming back for their, uh, uh, for before COVID-19 for the diabetes and cholesterol and stuff like that, I made videos. And I, sometimes I would tell my staff, hey, can you send me this YouTube video to edu edu educate them? And everyone's just very happy about it, right? And wow. so we live in a digital age of communication, so we should be able to use the communication, but offer someone the most gratifying sense of safety that they are not used to having. And for someone like your mom who's 84 years old, uh, there's there's nothing better than EDM, early detection monitoring, right? And then also early education. So that's why I created the TCLM University um, at www.tclmuniversity.com. If you look in a university, the first thing to pop up is the coronavirus defense program, because that's why everyone wants to know that. Below that, you'll see diabetes. You'll see um, a mind sculpting master workshop. By the way, it's one of my favorite things. Introduction to meditation and mindfulness and guided imagery. 
and, uh, and then autogenics and, and all the stuff that the NASA uses and the NFL to, to, to calm down, to go into that zone, right? We have another class, Cancer Support Master Workshop, the root causes of cancer. What's it really out there right now? There's, there's chemotherapy, radiation, there's vitamin C, there's diet and all this stuff like that. So we're, we're delivering the highest level of education to someone at a very cheap cost. If, well, actually, usually it's free. Um, but also at the same time, what we're doing is that we're creating that level of safety that's right there. And so Watch people, it from your home, view it from your work or office and, and not have to go face to face or go somewhere to a seminar or a webinar. Yeah, I get it. And so, and it's on demand. And so if uh, by the time, you know, people come to us, they're, they've already binge watched a lot of our videos, you know, um, it's usually me and one of my staff. I, I did about 20% of those videos. The rest of my 80% is done by my health coaches, mind body medicine practitioners, nurse practitioners, and all that stuff like that. And so, um, and so that creates a, um, this, this level of safety once again, that no one has ever uh, seen before from a medical practice. And if they had, it's not as extensive as what we developed. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. Now, here's the thing. It's not like I'm telling doctors, hey, go out and create your own online university. Well, what if everyone can co-share uh, uh, videos and educational platforms, right? And that's what this is all about. So when I did the Coronavirus Defense Builder, um, we did three webinars so far. The first one, it was eight hours long, uh, 12 experts. Second one was three experts. Third one was last night, uh, seven hours long. And so, um, and so now we have 25 experts talking about COVID-19 in two short weeks, right? And if we put that into an online course, how much education do we just give people? And we're not just teaching people what to eat, how to behave, medicine, stuff like that. We have uh, Sue Malone, who's the top SBA lender in America with just under 50,000 uh, loans that was given. We have uh, people in the digital uh, marketing space and LinkedIn teaching about what people can do during this time that they're actually at home to connect with people. So when COVID-19 uh, crisis is over, they can develop an entire network of that and they can become stronger as business people. We have people come in talking about natural birthing and people are pregnant right now, right? Uh, and, uh, and how you need to avoid social media after dark because that stimulation of the light can actually cause uh, early preterm labor, right? We have all these different experts coming in. Most of the stuff I have no idea about, but now right. we have a cross educational platform that we can deliver people and it's free. And you're casting this wide safety net uh, of people and that puts doctors into the, the head of the influencers in this country. So, that's so let me get, about. so this is all on the TCLM University, right? Yes, it's all on the so, TCLM University. So you've just told me that you've got this plethora, one of my favorite words, plethora of information that has no cost for people to go on and listen and become more educated and they can do it right from the safety of their home as well. Right, right. So, uh, you know, some of it costs uh, uh, some money, but what we've done during COVID-19 is that we've taken a massive uh, amount off. So uh, people are subscribing to TCLM University. It's, it's less expensive than Netflix. <laughs> so, <laughs> And everybody has that, right? Everybody has one of those. Absolutely, absolutely. Wow. Tell me, tell me. So, is the I, I understand the TCLM University, uh, the EDMD.com 
is that something that's yeah. that's active and people can sign up for now? Yeah, so it, uh, it's EDMMD. Uh, I actually want to type it into the chat box. EDMMD. You're missing M over there. Okay, EDMMD. Um, got it. Yeah, early detection monitoring for uh, medical doctors. Okay. So do we, we suggest doctors to sign up and uh, potential patients to sign up who want to be monitored. It's, it's live. There's also a donation link. We're trying to raise $110,000 to get um, quality PPEs, personal protective equipment for first responders and, uh, and doctors. Uh, specifically, uh, New York right now is being hit real hard. And, uh, and we'll probably see that in Houston in the next couple of weeks here too as well. So, wow. So EDM uh, MD. Um, so let's, let's take your mom, for example. She's 80, 84, you said, right? That's right. She's 84 years old. And uh, does she have any health issues? Uh, not really. No, no major issues. Okay. And so a little hypertension, mother, but it's it's not too bad. Okay, so a little bit of high blood pressure. She's 84 years old, right? And so right now there's this COVID-19, all the stuff going around. Now she's in the category of a higher risk, just just based on her age, right? Sure, absolutely. Just based on her age, and. Uh, and uh, you know she may be frightened, and a lot of—I'll tell you right now—a lot of a lot of elderly people currently are are are, uh, are considering uh, suicide. Okay. Really? Yes, and I'll tell you why. And uh, every time wow. this has happened in SARS, this happened in H1N1, and uh, and uh, what's happening is that there's this global sort of panic that's just palpable, and if a panic forces people into social isolation. When the elderly person goes into social isolation, <clears throat> how do you think they're going to feel? They're not going to feel very good. And when someone is in social isolation, um, the, 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 the spiraling down to depression can be, can be pretty significant, okay? And what happens is when uh, COVID-19 starts tailing off and things start getting better, as things start getting better, the suicide rate, boom, just jumps up. Why? Because people think that as they start getting better, there's like, there's nothing better for me in this world right now. I'm, I'm checking out. Okay. And so <clears throat> if you look at military veterans and PTSD, if you look at the elderly, if you look at um, a lot of the statistics behind it, whenever you're forced into a quarantine or social isolation, that depression hits in and that's a pretty terrible thing. And so what you want to do, what we want to do for these people, who are feeling depressed and not so great. <clears throat> and yes, your mom may have high blood pressure, but what's truly the disease for her is isolation. Isolation is the number one killer in America, okay? Uh, the, the concept of isolation triggers all diseases. Blood pressure gets worse, uh, blood sugars gets worse, dementia, right? All these different things. And so you, if, if we're in the business of saving lives, then we need to target the number one thing that is creating this isolation phenomenon. Now we're in COVID-19, we're supposed to be isolated and there's nothing wrong with that, but the, the mindfulness and resilience has to be there. So what if your mom now has access to, to this? And, uh, and by the way, you know, we don't expect her to do video conferences. Um, you know, it's totally okay on the phone calls. So yeah, I right. she's up on the phone. And so, um, <clears throat> and so what happens is that if, we, if we're able to give her this sense of security and sense of safety through not just monitoring, but she has complete access to a team at her fingertips. 
and she has complete access to you because you know you're going to jump on that call as a three-way call. Absolutely, yeah. Right, and now, and, and we can do it more frequent because she doesn't have to drive to the doctor's office and all the other BS, right? And so, you know, what a world we live in right now where technology allows us to do that. Um, but wow. we need to be able to take advantage of it and save a ton of lives. So um, uh, earlier this year, I, I, I commended myself to do everything I can to save 10,000 people from suicide in 2020. And so when COVID-19 hit, I knew that the, the accelerant uh, is already poured on the flames of people with a lot of monsters in their head. Domestic violence is going up. Um, suicide will go up as we start tailing off on this. <clears throat> uh, violence will go up. Uh, you know, now now people are joking. I'm going to gain the COVID-19 uh, 15, so 15 pounds of weight gain at home. So who did the Right, right. Yeah, Plus yeah, exactly. And, and all these different demons are really coming out. So the, the way that we get people out of this and into stronger people is to have an educational platform and monitor. So let's say your mom has hypertension. So we have this master workshop called a metabolic master workshop where um, where it's a whole like TV show type of thing where I talked about the root cause of hypertension. This is going on in America. This is why it's going on. This is where the diet has been. This is where your diet should be. And here are some recommended supplements. Here's some recommended you know, eating plans. Here's the eating window and stuff like that. And then she has access to all that. And so, and, and the faces that she are seeing are doctors, uh, nurse practitioners, health coaches, mind body medicine uh, specialists. And then now I have 25 of the world's experts in their field talking about COVID-19 and diet. And I plug that into there. Now she's connected into the top leaders in the industry uh, on the platform that's given to her by her doctor. So. Wow. So you mentioned something earlier. Um, you know, it sounds like you're ahead of the game, obviously. This this uh, Tony Robbins, the winter is coming and, uh, you know, preparing for that next downturn. And, and I think that's where, you know, when we talk about leadership and businesses and whether it's uh, in the medical profession or any other business, it, it comes back to how do we change our, our method? How do we change our modality? How do we do different what we're doing? You know, I know from dentistry's perspective, it's just basically been washed out because unless it's an emergency that they're, they're not seeing and, and quite a few dental practices, majority of them just shut down. So some of the things that you've done in your industry with the EDMD, edmmd.com, this is kind of cutting edge, which, which you were already working on. You and I talked about some of this in general at the end of last year, but this just looks like it accelerates this to being able to, you know, I don't want to say creating opportunity and adversity, but it is just that. It's an opportunity to not take advantage of, but I would say to elevate and to really push out some of these opportunities that, that MDs and doctors, and now my mother, I mean, I, and, and that is a concern. You know, you mentioned uh, isolation. I, I used to always say, I need to call my mother once a week, check up on her, see how she's doing. I check up on her once a day now. And it's just a quick call, a Facebook call or a FaceTime call to say, hey, mom, how you doing? And and I think these are things that have put us at the forefront. And, and maybe, I, and not maybe, definitely out of this is, is going to become some changes in how we operate. And uh, also, we're, we're going to operate more efficiently. I mean, this is, of everything I've seen in the last few weeks or months, this EDMMD is is revolutionary to me, and as well as your university. 
Yeah, no, thank you. Um, but I echo your, your sentiments. Um, there's, uh, this is the time to, uh, and I know you didn't want to say take advantage. I want to say take advantage. I want to take advantage of this situation to change healthcare. Um, yep. A lot of doctors are. Um, so what most people may not be seeing is that I'm in four different doctor groups, uh, totaling about 100,000 different doctors. And there's, um, there's basically so much resentment at what's going on uh, because of lack of personal protective equipment and um, the lack of a structure. And doctors have texted me so many times, uh, I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? I'm shutting down my practice sitting at home, just watching the world as it comes by. Uh, so you got people like plastic surgeons, you have people who who do elective uh, electrical surgical procedures. And these people get hit the hardest because their core business structure is elective surgery. And elective means non-emergent, right? And so uh, one of my one of my friends, plastic surgeons, and, and he did a really good pivot point is that he switched from his plastic surgery, all right? And he started doing emergency wound care for people um, that they can go to their house because plastic surgeons are really good at wound care, closing wounds and stuff like that, right? There's people who, are, who have open wounds that are out there that are hurt right now. So he, he, he flipped that script. So he changed from the business that he, he was in to the business that he needed to be in to not just survive, but provide a lot of value, right? And that's, the, that's what should, should happen. I have a, a, an eye doctor, an ophthalmologist, who I talked to, I told her about ADMMV. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna monitor the elderly and look at their oxygen saturations. You know, she's an eye doctor, but guess what? She's a doctor, she knows exactly what to do, right? Yeah. Very, very, and, and, and these people have access to all the top experts in their field on the digital university. You can literally send them the videos. Hey, I want you to watch this. This is a fascinating thing. You know, you're, people are asking about how much zinc do I take? How much vitamin C do I take? You know, what should I be eating? You know, um, and then, hey, how do I meditate at home? I got so much time. How do I have a conversation with my spouse? This is all covered uh, by the world talks of experts that are right there, right? And if this is delivered to like your mom, for example, on, on a platform that's offered by the doctor, then then this is, a, I mean, this is a huge game changer. No, I totally agree. I, I read something, you know, in the dentistry side, Teledentistry is uh, kind of coming of age all of a sudden very quickly. But but what was amazing, there was something came out from, uh, I believe it was in Texas, about how they wanted to uh, ban teledentistry because it, it wasn't right for the market or the economy. You, you just go, wow, talk about some backward thinking where all this is, is forward thinking in, in the ability to, uh, to to diagnose and treat. And, and I mean, I know for me, uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, research this and get my mother on this immediately because I can tell you that that's a peace of mind knowing that if she did start feeling bad that she doesn't have to drive to the emergency room she doesn't have to go see her doctor who, who, who may have a room full of sick people as well as, as we all know well her doctor may be closed down to this whole thing yeah no that's one. right yeah <laughs> right. yeah I, I love what you said about the the doctor who was the plastic surgeon pivoting into something that was relevant today because look quite honestly a lot of plastic surgeons or, or, or a lot of uh, the the, the uh, trained doctors in different areas they could just say you know what i'm just gonna set this out i'm gonna stay at home and you know i've got a little nest egg i'm okay with or hey i I'm, this just they go through a state of depression there's a lot of in the dentistry side i can speak of there's a lot of dentists who are just freaking out they just close their practices they don't know what they're going to do they're high in debt they they're they're just yeah. confused about the next step 
rather than taking that pivot, uh, uh, my friend Dr. Baird yesterday talked about how do you surf in the tsunami? And, uh, and you know, you can either look at a tsunami like, oh, it's gonna overwhelm me, or you say, hey, get my surfboard out, let's see how I'm gonna do this. Right, so this is why I recommend for dentists out there. Um, so if the core structure of your business is dentistry, and when you go into the office and do your dental procedures, um, that core structure is being completely disrupted at this time, right? But uh, the here's here's something to understand um, uh, about about the demand for dentistry right now. So the the, the just like the idea behind what a doctor is um, in terms of an MD or a DO is that someone who treats someone and prescribes medicine. That I flipped that upside down. I think dentistry can be can be done in the exact same thing, right? Right now it's a time to educate people. Hey. If you don't take care of your teeth at home, your depression and anxiety can be worse. Periodontal disease associated with decreased activation in certain parts of the brain that worsens depression and anxiety, right? Yep, right. If, yeah, and so, and also it's like, hey, here's some products that, that I recommend. For example, one of the products I recommend in my, in my online course is actually a dental product. It's called a IO rinse, it's an iodine rinse that's shown activity against previous strains of coronavirus. Right, and so, um, and so it's called an IO periodontal rinse that I have in my online store, and part of my education process. And that's another level of revenue generation. So you can set up a thing with the company. We have an entire e-commerce really set up, right on the back end. And so, you know, the the dentists are doctors too. Dentists uh, take, should take this time and have a massive education platform, just like where we have for uh, for tclmuniversity.com. So <clears throat> that's one thing, right? That's really two things. One is to, uh, not just do teledentistry, but do group teledentistry, like see people in groups uh, with a group platform. Two is set up a digital commerce right here, right? And three is set up a platform where you can have, you can get people educated on things that are emergent, right? If you're having a toothache right now and it's really killing you, Right, and, uh, and you need to see a dentist. That's still that's still a big deal um, yeah, because right. that infection can potentially develop an abscess. The abscess can go to the brain, goes to the rest of the body, and it's a big deal. This is the time to set that up so you're, you're so you're uh, you're 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 getting this um, you're, you're you're nipping this in the bud before it gets to be a big deal. So that will be my version of emergency prevention for dentistry. Now, I have very limited knowledge of dentistry, but from what I know about dentistry, I think that's where the, uh, the dental economy should go right now. Um, and I think that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, and something like this is so easy to set up. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm seeing that website now. I may have to go reserve that. It's uh, EMDDS, Emergency Medicine for Dentists. You know, it's <laughs> like, you're exactly right. How do you, how do you redirect them to be able to do exactly what you're doing because there there is an opportunity and, and you're right i mean um I, I do say that adversity does create opportunity i've got it on one of my blogs I've, I've got it on one of the podcasts we talk about how you can utilize this to leverage your business and i think it's the same uh, you know stepping away from the medical community uh, i've got a dental equipment company we sell some imaging equipment you know there's an opportunity to pivot, to do some things, to offer some services, to change the modality of your business, to be a little more flexible, to to, to withstand that that winter that's coming, and and I think if you're willing to do that, 
then you can also come out of this thing, you know, a, a leaner, meaner fighting machine, if you will, the old adage. And I believe that's what doctors are going to do. It's what dentists are going to do. It's going right. to be determined. How do we come out of this a better? And wow, uh, you, you really, uh, we didn't even talk about the EDMMD, but uh, this is cutting edge stuff that is not only, uh, I can't imagine your signups right now must be going through the roof. And I think you're going to see that just at the end of this, people are going to be looking for a different way to do, uh, I'm speaking from a patient perspective. Uh, this is, you know, even take my situation. Uh, I'm 55, good health, uh, but I really don't, if I have, if I'm feeling bad, if I don't feel like something's just not right, uh, I would rather get on the phone with you like we're doing here and say, hey, Dr. Ron, I, you know, I measured my oxygen saturation and just something's not right. Uh, I'm busy with my with my work life and family life. Uh, how long does that take versus me having to schedule an appointment, not knowing when I can get in, going around sitting in a waiting room for three or four hours and hoping I get to see the doctor, and then I get to see the doctor for two and a half minutes, and you know I'm I'm off with a prescription in hand. I'll, I'll do you one better. You say you were uh, you got the oxygen saturation machine, the pulse ox. Uh, in preparation for Everest, is that what you're saying? Uh, base camp. I always have to say that at the end. We were going to base. Everest base camp. We were supposed to be there March 31st, and actually, we'd be okay. on our way down right now. Okay. So, is there Wi-Fi at base camp, or any signaling, or no? Uh, there is. Yeah. Okay. So, what if you feel terrible at base camp, and your oxygen saturation goes to 94, and you're like, "Hey, I need a, I need a visit with my doc." <laughs> and and yeah, and this and this what we're doing right now would be totally possible from there. Uh, unbelievable. Good point. Yeah. Uh, if we're on Zoom right now, <laughs> wherever you are, it's possible. And I can tell you, hey, base camp is, what's the elevation of base camp, by the way? 18.2. Uh, okay. So yeah, 18.2. 17.9. I'm sorry. 17.9. Then it goes, Kombu goes up to 18.2, right? Okay. So, so I'll be like, hey, you're at base camp. Um, and uh, even though your oxygen saturation is still pretty good, but you still kind of a headache, um, it doesn't mean that that you're not you're uh, you're you're not getting enough oxygen. And then we can do X, Y, and Z. And then here's what I recommend to take: Do you have any beet powder or beet juice right now? If you do, go ahead and take that because you need to increase your nitric oxide in your body right away to allow the blood flow to perfuse and circulate into your muscles and your brain. And that is called emergency prevention at base camp. <laughs> right. Man, you've just blown my blown my whole thinking up about this. Because again, it's you know you initially think about this uh, EDMMD for my mother and people who are at risk and don't want to be involved. But you know, I'm thinking now. Well, uh, I mean, we're on a uh, I'm on actually MetaShare, the the, the Christian uh, uh, sharing network, and and because insurance had just skyrocketed and my family's pretty healthy, and I was I was just looking for the catastrophic coverage as well. Just came off of some uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield, which was just made you know had a ten thousand dollar deductible. So I don't want to go to visit the doctor, right? I mean, I I don't want to go and end up with a three hundred dollar bill for them to tell me. Uh, yeah, you just need to rest and drink lots of fluids. And, you know, uh, they're not going to tell me to take beet juice. They're going to, you know, give me some prescription. So even for, sounds like, even for a, a different uh, sampling of people or a different demographics, that, that this is very relevant as well. Yeah, different, and, and even pediatrics, right? The mom's getting Absolutely. on the phone call. Like, this is what's going on. What do you think, Doc? 
huge, right? And so this this applies for all demographics. And, and listen, you know, um, doctors need to realize that we're in the business of providing safety, not medications, right? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And if you think that that medications equals safety, then you should look at the number four cause of death in America, which is medical prescription errors. So that's what, uh, that's what number is that on the list? I think it's I think it's number four. It, it was number five. I think it just climbed to number four. It's basically <laughs> med medical errors is uh, is what it is. And so and so um, if we can get that uh, death rate uh, down or even eliminated. If we can uh, get people, you know, onboarded and, and see people more frequently, then we know what to do. Here's the problem: doctors aren't trained to do any of this crap. <laughs> doctors aren't trained to see people virtually or often because they're like, well, if I don't, if, I, if I'm not prescribing anything, I I don't feel like I'm delivering value to you. A value transfer in America is a doctor writing a prescription for a patient, ordering labs for a patient, evaluating labs for a patient, and seeing in, in the three months. <clears throat> Doctors feel guilty getting the patients back into the office and not doing anything, right? And so this is why doctor burnout is so ridiculously high because of the perceived lack of value that they're delivering to their patients. So a resentment develops between the patients and the doctor. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a two-way resentment. And then doctors deal with the insurance companies. The insurance company says, oh, you didn't do anything for this visit. So I'm gonna pay you 60% less for this visit, okay? So now the doctor's like, well, if, I, if I'm using my time to see a patient and I get $64, but if I can prescribe a medicine or to do labs to another patient in that time and I get $114, what, what do you think the business is gonna be? So even, even, if, even if the doctor cares nothing about money, that simple math, right, is going to understand that, hey, I'm gonna do this so I can feed my receptionist. I give raises to my office manager, right? so I can do X, Y, and Z. Now in this COVID-19, guess what? Massive layoffs, right? Yeah. Huge layoffs. And you think doctors are happy about it? No, doctors are depressed because they're not working in their own power and the power that they've been working on was a, was a, was a false guide that's given to them from medical school and residency. The true power here behind doctors is, is education. And I want everyone to understand that. But because doctors aren't aren't great at business, um, they don't know how to deliver that education. This is where the system needs to change, and this is what we're doing. Well, the the system was probably on that teetering edge of having to change or collapsing as a result. And you know, we've been talking about different healthcare. I think the the exposure of single payer in, in other countries is is coming evident. And whether it's in the UK or Italy and different places, you're seeing that that uh, it's not working there as well. So we've got to go back to the, the, the treatment of the body as a whole, to nutrition, and wow, look, look at what this is doing. Your, your EDMMD is, is uh, this is over the top. So I just commend you on staying, you, you were ahead of this before the COVID-19. You and I had a conversation about this. I didn't quite understand it as, as well as I do right now because maybe it was because I put the pulse ox on my finger and I, I understood it a little bit better. But uh, yeah, I just I just commend you for what you're doing. You're you're taking this to a whole other level for for medicine. No, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Well, hey, I'll pivot a little bit. Uh, uh, well, let me let me do say uh, we'll we'll put it up on the, the the podcast as well as the video we play it. It, it is the TCLM University. 
www.edmundsmith.com. Uh, so please go check that out. Also, edmmd.com. No www, just the edmd, edmmd.com. And yes. check out uh, what uh, the, the, those have to offer. Those are those are some amazing websites. Uh, I know you've got two doctor, two daughters. Is that right? Yeah, I got a four-year-old and a five-year-old. Yeah, four-year-old and a five-year-old. So uh, I, I imagine that probably falls in that greatest personal accomplishment for, for you. Is that the <laughs> absolutely? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're great. Well, mine are my, my son's twenty-five. My daughter's twenty-three. They just, by a very confluence of things, they ended up in our house. So uh, they, they have, they've both been gone for seven and, I don't know, four years, and now they're all home. So we've got a different uh, uh, kind of a dynamics here at the house. We get along great, so it's, it's good. So everybody's got their own, own little space. So yeah, th those are my proudest accomplishments. My, my 20, uh, just past 26 years of marriage and our two kids. So it's been fantastic. Um, what about anything recent, fun, book, uh, you know, a great book, a great oh. movie, or anything you've watched or read that's inspiring. So I'm a I'm a big time. Uh, I, I have I have some dyslexia, so I'm a big time audiobook person. Okay. Um, it's funny, a doctor who's dyslexic. Um, so I'm gonna go through my I'm gonna go through my Audible. And I'm gonna show you um, what it's in my library because I think everything is good. So, um, the, so this book is my running book. This, if I don't listen to this book, I can't last more than more than three miles. And, and the last time I, I ran with this, I ran 13 miles. So this is called can't really, Hurt. yeah. Can't hurt me by David Goggins. It was accidentally started playing. What's it called? Can't hurt me. Can't hurt me by David Goggins. Yeah. It's a, it's a story about David Goggins life. He's a, a Navy seal. Um, and then there's another one, um, Extreme Ownership, How the U.S. Navy SEALs Lead to Win. And oh, by the way, I listen to military books because I think they perform the top of their game and they have a mindset that's, that's unlike any other. Um, so another one, uh, Dr. Mark Hyman, it's called Food Fix. It's talk about uh, the, uh, what, what the global economy is looking, at, looking like and why it's, uh, it's not doing so great because of the food that's, that's really grown. And I have another one, and uh, if, for those business owners out there, and I assume there's a lot because you're listening to it, the number one book that I will tell you right now that you absolutely, absolutely have to read um, is, is a book called The Culture Code by Daniel Coyle, D-C-O-Y-L-E, uh, The Culture Code. What's the last and name I, again? Uh, Coyle, C-O-Y-L-E, The Culture Code. Okay. Okay. And that book is um, that book is insanely powerful in building company culture, but it's also the uh, the underlying foundational principle of uh, of, uh, of business and of your life. Okay. Um, and then, um, God, I went through a lot of books. <laughs> I would say Culture Code and the uh, the Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins uh, is is are are two of my favorites that I'm that I'm uh, doing right now. And so I have some other influential uh, books that are right here from uh, from half marathon trainings to to um, to food and guide to fasting and all this stuff like that. And even cannabis for chronic pain and all sorts of different things right here. I, I, I love to, um, I'm, yeah, see, uh, I'm, I'm not at 228, 30 pounds. I'm not actually a runner, but I do them because my wife runs marathons, full marathons, and, nice. and I'll do halves just so I can I do it just just so I don't because I like to eat. So I'm like, all right, if I'm, if I'm gonna hey, if listen, I'm gonna eat, I, I better do something. 
I'm I'm six foot three and two sixty five, and I can do thirteen miles. So that's where, that's where my limit runs to. <laughs> yeah, I, I, funny story, a uh, uh, quick story. I was I, I decided a few years back I was going to do a full. I said I'll, I'm going to do a full, and we were actually on a business trip in Hawaii, and and I <laughs> I had a I had one of my long runs. It was seventeen miles, and I got to about sixteen and a half, and I quit, and I came back and told my wife. I said. There's no way. I, there's just no way. I said my my body just doesn't like to do that, and I'm I'm you know I'm five eleven at best and about two thirty. So yeah, we're probably in that same structure that uh, those those distances. But I I love to see you reading. Um, last thing I'll add on this, and you're you're definitely going to agree with it, is we spend so much time in front of the computers in front of our iPads in front of the television and, and just sometimes it's just and I don't I, I, last night my wife and I watched a little part of a movie and that's great I think you can do that and kind of you know as I say you don't have to think when you do that but I keep new books around all the time uh, guy I serve on a board with wrote one called never give up he was an airline exec uh, red hot monogamy for your marriage keeping your marriage sizzling you know I just think that if you you're constantly trying to figure out leadership. Uh, I love a lot of the Navy SEALs books, but you know that's what leadership is about. It's, you know, I just urge people to get away from that Netflix, get away from uh, some of the daily grind and, and find things that are gonna improve. And what a better time to listen to a great podcast. Uh, I'll right. mention Craig Groeschel's leadership podcast. He's a, he's a guy who founded Life Church and he's got an incredible leadership podcast. and. You know, just take some time to to, to improve, and, and that definitely is going to, I can't imagine you wouldn't agree that that doesn't help your immune system and, uh, and, and, and help your overall health. Absolutely. So your brain can't tell a difference between the movie and what you're really going through. And your brain can't tell a difference between when you're actually doing something or when you're thinking about doing something. There's, there's, there's clinical studies that are looking at uh, when, when someone imagines themselves doing something over and over again. 3,000, 4,000 times over a span of maybe a night or a day, what happens is that they perform better on that task, even though they've never physically trained three to 4,000 times for that day. So this is, this is the imagery. And so what you're connecting is you're connecting neural pathways and you're basically making something that's seemingly impossible into a reality. So in, in quantum physics, uh, you're basically creating a reality to exist and uh, the statistics of that existing is purely based on your brain. So, so this wow. is what I'm, and so um, so this is this is all quantum physics, Einstein theory, and relatively all nine yards. And so, if you take if you take your brain and uh, and uh, you know you said something earlier that you got to 16 and a half miles and you get to 17, you just said, well, there's no way because you said no way. That's true. I came up with a no way. That's right. Exactly. And, and if you said that, well, I chose to stop at 16 and a half miles because I listened to my body. The next time, perhaps I can go 17, then there is a way, right? So, and so what happens is, uh, let me tie this back into medicine, for example, is that doctors say that, oh, you gotta be on this medicine, otherwise you'll die. You just made it true. The doctor just made it true. <laughs> right, right. Because the patient say that, well, I gotta, I gotta keep taking this, otherwise I'll die then what happened is that you just gave power to a pill. When you give a power to a pill, only one person wins, and that's the pharmaceutical company. The doctors lose, the patients lose, the pharma wins, okay? And so, same thing in business, is that if you, um, if you say, oh, there's no way that this, this, this can happen, 
right? Uh, there's no way to switch our entire company to telemedicine in, in 48 hours, right? If I, if I say that, and if I, I'm a leader and I say that to my team, they're gonna think, no, Dr. Ron says there's no one, right? So as a leader, instead of doing that, it's like, what is the end result we're trying to achieve right now? The end result we're trying to achieve is taking care of our patients in this type of isolation. And the only way that I know how to do that is through digital, uh, through, uh, digital platforms, digital platforms, right? So, that, and that is, that is the measurable outcome. How can I get 50% of my patients onto the digital platform in the next 24 hours, and then other 50% in the 24 hours following after that? So now you give you measurable outcomes to end results that's right there. So for, for example, for you, it's like, um, you know, uh, my end result is that I wanna run that 17 miles, right? And so, um, but that's not really your end result. You ran that, you ran that 16 and a half miles for a reason. Um, 17 miles, I mean, th these are just numbers. The numbers are, are, are basically reflecting a goal that you have that's much deeper and much more emotional of achieving something. So when you, when you set out to run 17 miles, because you ran 16 and a half, you feel like you're just disappointing yourself but you're not really disappointing yourself. You're disappointing a previous self that you've imagined to uh, to run that 17 miles. And because you ran 16 and a half, you, you feel that it's a disappointment. When I ran my 13 miles, I set out to run six. And what happens is that, is that um, even after I quote unquote reached my goal, my goal of running six miles was to see how far I can push my body that day. But after six miles, I felt good. And I was like, there's no reason to stop. And so I had different outcomes every time I, 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 I went. And this is what business is all about. It's like, if you think that you hit a goal, right? And you pat yourself on the back. Yeah, yeah, newsflash. Um, the next day, <laughs> something's gonna spank your butt. <laughs> well, it's, 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 well, you know, I've, uh, you, you've read this, uh, what is it? Like 4% of the people actually set written measurable goals. And I yeah. think that's a small number. I, I also think goals should be you know they should be difficult to reach right i mean if if, if you're if you're thinking you're going to run uh if you can run 10 then then you should probably strive to run 15 just like you if you would have just said my goal is six and i'm going to quit at six you would have never gone to that 13. so yeah i think we have to crash through those goals and by the way i i think uh we we need to displace tony robbins and just put you in tony robbins's place uh <laughs> we, we we could we could uh, substitute you pretty quick. I know he's busy. Maybe he needs a, a, a surrogate there to pass his home to. Well, <laughs> it what, really is. That's a Tony Robbins, interesting guy. He has ownership in his uh, artificial intelligence platform. So he's creating his AI self right now. So after he passes away, he'll live in it. And so, uh, and so that's, that's, that's the mindset of someone who wants to deliver a lot of value to the world, right? And I have a lot of respect for that guy. But he, you know, he's not the only one that's delivering value. You have a lot of people out there and, uh, and all the high performing people have the, uh, have uh, identical drive and mindset is to, yes, you have measurable outcomes, but your measurable outcomes don't stop after you achieve them. It's, it's, you're in this constant, never ending improvement cycle, right? And so, um, and so what happens is if, this is what a lot of entrepreneurs and doctors and dentists out there are struggling with, is that if you have, constant and never-ending improvement mentality and your team doesn't know it that is not going to be good for the team culture and i experienced this you know firsthand because i'm always the guy that's like, i'm going to do everything that i can to deliver value to the people but if you don't communicate that with your team 
because your brain thinks faster and in different ways than your team does, then your team can crumble, which my team did crumble, but we rebuilt. And we rebuilt because I'm able to say, hey, you know what, guys, that was totally on me. I had all these different thoughts, but I should have got you involved. And when I'm able to involve a team through delegation uh, and through education and through feedback and say, hey, I want you to poke a hole at my idea right now. And they poke 18,000 holes. And I'm like, oh crap, that was actually not a great idea. But hey, come up with a better one. And guess what? My team always, always comes back with a better idea. So the sum of the team is greater than the whole. And that's what's talked about in the book, The Culture Code, is, is how do you get to get to that that sort of culture. And by the way, a cult, most people think that company culture is, you know, we all getting along and hugging and take your doctor to work. No, that's not company culture. Absolutely company, wrong, yeah. Company culture is is you, someone being a, a leader and allowing the other people to rise up above them and to give them a voice and speak in ways where uh, where there's no where there's no fear, and so when the, when you give them a so you cast a safety net on your team, so that you, because your team can pick up things that you can't. So you know I, you know I do a, a personality profile called disc profile. I'm a high eye. High eyes are highly influential, but I can't see details very well. I have my team that are more like S's and C's. They can see the details, right? <laughs> yeah, no, no, not a detail guy at all. Yeah. Right. And so, and so I know my limitations and I also say, hey, these are your, but the people who are extremely detailed, um, uh, who are extremely like one thing at a time, they have a hard time pivoting. And so when you're a leader, you're trying to pivot and someone is doing this sort of one thing at a time, you have to pull them into your team and say, okay, let's look at the big picture right here. There's people whose personality cannot stand looking at the big picture. And there's people like you and I who can't stand looking at the details, right? Yeah. And so you have to be able to come up with a very cohesive way to lead the team. And I and I think that's a, that, that takes practice, but there's a there's a dedicated sequence to this. Yeah, it's funny you say that in my uh, imaging equipment company, I've, I've got a guy who's my general manager and uh, I love him to death, but I don't I avoid sometimes the conversations, he gets into the detail, you, you know, and he'll get he'll get to talking about this and we need to do this. And, and I'm just thinking, uh, you know, yes. Okay. Yes. That sounds good. I, I'm such the visionary and I think about, you know, what is the big goal? What is a big project? But if I don't have him, then, you know, I don't have a business, right? Because you can't just rely on my vision without somebody to implement it. You know, I, I just watched a really good uh, a podcast on Craig Rochelle's leadership and he had a guest on there who talked about bringing your leadership team into a conference room. You know, let's say you got your, your top eight people and you tell them say okay i, I want you to uh, write one thing about everybody in here that they just do fantastic and, and they gave him a little time to write it he says okay now i want you to write one thing that 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 you think somebody everybody does just horrible now this guy was the ceo of the company he was saying this and he says okay everybody's got him he goes okay now here's the here's the uh, point i'm going to give a award for the person who has the best worst thing about me. So I'm gonna start going around the room and you have to tell me what you admire about me that I do well and then what are the things I do bad and I'm gonna reward you for telling me the things that I do bad. The point of the conversation was, he says, that's how you build a strong team is everybody understanding and realizing what their strengths are, 
but also understanding what their weaknesses are and not be offended by that as well. Right. So I always say you got to embrace, um, you, you got to embrace whatever is limiting you. Um, and because usually you don't know what's limiting you, but other people will know. Right. And so uh, if you're able to uh, embrace it, for example, for me, you know, I, I you know, I, I hated looking at numbers and calculations and stuff like that. So on the accounting side, I mean, that's my weak point. Right. And so because I know that's my weak point, I will embrace that weakness be uncomfortable in that weakness and have it be so uncomfortable i create a structure where that weakness is overcome this is why we got a new cfo and i mean he's he's rocking it he's he's you know he's everything is based on numbers right yeah right so that, and that empowers me because um uh, you know i think that a lot of business owners especially doctors and dentists um uh, we're we're taught to care for everyone and so we put a lot on our own plates. Yep. And as a leader, if you put too much on your own plate, you're actually hurting the people around you. And that took me two years to understand, to be honest with you, going into the business. And so, um, and so um, what happens is that is when something like COVID-19 hits, and then you know I'm trying to change X, Y, and Z, and if my team is, is not moving at my pace, and the only reason my team is not moving on my pace is because I didn't have a good time, good, good uh, method of communicating with them. Yeah. Um, and, and the only reason I didn't have a good method of communicating with them is because of my ego. Because I put everything on my shoulders thinking I'm going to carry all of you on my shoulders and carry you so I don't have to fire anybody. And the minute I feel I have to fire somebody, it, it makes me hurt. And that is not the right way to do it. And so, you know, I had a wake up call during the whole COVID-19 thing where one of my employees sent some messages like, hey, you know, I just want to know if we have a job security because I'm okay with, you know, staying at home. But, you know, I love what I do here. It's my favorite job and I want to come back. So you just let me know and I'm, I'm here with you 100%. Now that's culture, right? Yeah, that's absolutely. Right, and that's, uh, that's from one of my, my, uh, my medical assistants and administrative staff. And so, and so if that, if, and that that sent me into this this uh, mode of humbleness for a second. I was like, hey, I have this team right here. They're willing to go through any lengths for me and for the company, right? Let's get everyone involved. So, uh, but I, I did the same exercise um, uh, with my with my uh, with my administrative team. I was like, hey, I want you to name my main weaknesses and let's work through that and how we can accomplish more on that. So they're also rewarded for that too. And so um, and so, <laughs> one of them is really good at telling my weaknesses every single day, which is great actually. But I can tell you, the only reason they are willing to do that is because you've embraced it and you've, you've not, uh, you know, lambasted them or, or told them that no, you don't talk to me like that. I'm, I'm, I'm the owner of the company. I'm the CEO. I'm the, the doctor. You know, it, it's being able to embrace that. You know, going back to what you said too about uh, uh, knowing your weaknesses. I, I've had some failed businesses because I didn't recognize my weakness, as you said, in finance. I don't, I don't like details. Oh, by the way, I'm a, I'm a high eye as well. But you know, I don't like I don't like details. I don't I, I'm, I like hey, here's a great idea. Now run with it. Uh, I don't like uh, finance. I understand. I can read a balance sheet. I can understand the P and L. I, I understand EBITDA and the numbers. But I don't like it. You know, it's just it's just let somebody else. And so I do the same thing. You know, have a good CFO who can who can manage those pieces and parts for you, and not get caught up. That's leadership is understanding 
uh, that that's a little bit of ego. That's where my pride, which is a surely one of the number one sins is gets in the way is thinking that you can do be everything better because you're just smarter and greater. And when you realize that that's not true, then, then you'll give the delegation to other people. You know, as they say, you should always be training somebody to replace you. And if you're always doing that, lifting others, elevating others around you, it's going to make your life easier and it's going to make a, a better culture as well. Absolutely. No, I totally agree. And so, um, yeah, I've also have failed businesses due to my lack of understanding of the numbers. So, you know, all this is, uh, and I always say that my, my, the people that I want to surround myself with are the people who have made way more mistakes than I've done. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Well, John Maxwell's book, uh, you, you, you probably read it or heard of it, you know, Failing Forward. Yeah, failing uh, Forward. My that's one of my favorite books. Yeah, it's just, you don't, failure is not, you know, failure is not an in-person, it's an event. And you just got to realize that, you know, I, I fell I fell on something weekly or daily, right? It's just, but I learned from that mistake and then, and then try to get better at it. So, well, Dr. Ron, it's been, uh, man, just a pleasure to have you jump in here. We, we, uh, we definitely... Uh, went some different directions. Um, I, I just want to reinforce uh, uh, people listening, the edmmd.com, check it out, as well as the TCLM University. Uh, that, that's some amazing stuff. Again, commend you on what you're doing in medicine, changing the thinking, not getting caught up in all the pharmacology and, and, and making a difference. And bottom line is you're making a difference in people's lives. You mentioned about saving 10,000 this year and and with this and with what's going now that may be a hundred thousand so I just definitely commend you for 10,000 just in suicide that's that's yeah, right that's right yeah and that number may be rising due to this event as well and 10,000 in suicide means reaching 36.7 million people that's uh that's that's what this is wow wow that's the well, only map I know it's <laughs> 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 the statistics Aside from that, I, uh, I, the only math I really uh, succumb to is during during tax tax quarters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you know what that number looks like, right? When you go, how much do I owe? Yeah, excuse me. Well, it's great, and and I think that uh, you know I know we're working together on some projects with our Global BP Solutions, which we've got the SupportDoctors.com. We got a few little uh, websites that all kind of dovetail back. But if people are needing help with marketing or support services uh, uh, our podcasts are all done by our company in harari they design them they do the video the editing the posting they built all of our websites they built all of our uh, social media platforms and got content writers there that post every day so if a business is looking to pivot and and become more um, outsourced where they're having to do things I, I know for a fact we have a solution i use it in two of my companies that are separate, but uh, you can go to uh, support doctors, support drs.com or globalbpsolutions.com. And I know we've worked with you on some projects. And, uh, but if anybody's wanting to get into this spectrum of building webinars or uh, websites or social media, if there's something we can help or just support, phone support, be glad to help that. And I know we've, we've worked with Dr. Ron on some projects too. And we're, we're, we're glad we met through that as well. But. Absolutely. Wonderful. Thank you. Dr. Ron, thanks for coming on. And uh, we just keep keep fighting the fight and all you're doing with the COVID-19. And uh, thanks again for joining us. All right. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us on another edition of Global Impact. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Deezer and follow us on Facebook. Links will be in the description below. Until next time, 
stay inspired, stay motivated, and make an impact.